When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going into the break, some massive win for your club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hate just to underrate the weather slip way that towards the end. And just personally, I felt like that would give me a bit more for him. He's been an amazing um, influence on my career so far. I've had 12 games, but he's one of the best blokes I've ever met. And um, standout character, really modest. And have a win like that for him. Michael Barlow on Paul Hazelby's for his turn of the game. Hayes brings a tape in and just drops that off with the producers <laughs> on his way in. He says, just play this one, thanks, on the run into the segment. Um, okay, we're going to just dissect Fremantle and their 49-point loss to the Western Bulldogs on Friday night. If you want to give you give us your thoughts on it, the temperate bedshed text line is the place to do it, 0487 736 736. If you want to ask Hayes a question while we've got him here, that is the, the way to do it. Hayes... Had a ring of familiarity about it, didn't it? Well, I brought in another tape, Duff, and we, I just thought we'd play last week's show because it's very, very similar, isn't it, in what <laughs> you, happened you, with the Fremantle Dockers. <laughs> Poor start. Once again, slow ball movement from the back half, smacked at clearances, inside 50 efficiency, lack of key forward targets and influence on the game. We've been there before, and it hasn't improved, and now it's a real trend. We're now six weeks in, and it becomes a philosophy change for me, that is now required from Justin Longmuir and the coaching group, that they need to come together and just make some serious tweaks, whether they're big shifts or little shifts, what they have rolled out so far. And I know they talk about execution and the like, but I think it's bigger than that now for the Fremantle Dockers. Okay, so your coach, hypothetically, what do you do? What do you change for this week when you go to Brisbane to play Brisbane? It's about intent. So when they get the ball in any part of the ground, what are you looking to do? And I watch other teams, and in particular, I watched the two teams last night, and they've been the best two teams really over the last six years with three premierships to Richmond and one to Melbourne, and Melbourne pretty good last year as well. But they just want to take the game forward. As soon as they turn that ball over, they want to go, and their intent is to either play on and go themselves or to give to somebody who's running past from behind. And then they have a system, but there's a bit of chaos in that. But they make it up a little bit on the run, and if they get in trouble, they kick the ball long to a contest, but they do it with speed. And if they win that contest, then you get a really good look inside your forward 50. The Dockers' first thought right now is to just hold the ball, see what happens, wait for their players to move into position, then shift the ball by foot. There's very little run from behind in the back half. And then eventually, if they run out of options, they bomb the ball long. But the difference is now 30 seconds has gone past and the defence is set from the opposition. With the way that the Bulldogs, not the Bulldogs, Melbourne and also Richmond play, they will go quick. And if they can find the gaps, you beauty. If they don't, they still go down the line quick. And if they win that contest, there's a scoring opportunity. And I guess if they don't win that contest and it's down the line, Mm. then you can get it out of bounds and get a stoppage and have some field position as well. Yeah, and look, the opposition might win the ball then, but then you apply some pressure. You try and get it back. It's chaotic. But when you do fatigue the opposition by going up and back, like we saw, yes, you'll be vulnerable, but there'll also be opportunities to score too because the game's been in a state of flow for a period of time. It seems like with Fremantle, 
the game is in either their possession, they've got it, they're taking their time with it, or the opposition are certainly doing what they need to do to move the ball. And there's just not this influx of chaotic football in which we're, in which we're seeing a fair bit from other teams. So if you've drilled your players to play the controlled game and you've prepared them to play the controlled game, can you physically make the switch to play the chaos game where you're always in motion, the ball's always in motion, there's more running, more intensity about it? Very difficult because, you know, obviously when they play that game, they can set up really well behind the ball. But you look at him and you go, why isn't that player running from behind and looking for the handball and everybody weighing in offensively? Because they're not used to it. So no player's going to run if you know you're not really going to get used. Yes, you'll do it to open up space on occasion, but I think it's also a a limiting style of footy for the playing group. They want to be involved. They want to go quick. They want to touch the footy. And you look at West Coast at the moment. They're playing a really good brand of footy without the execution. They've just got too many young players in there that maybe some of them are not ready or or may not be good enough at this particular stage, but it's just instinctive. They're going. It's a wave. They're playing on. Jermaine Jones is leading the way from the back half. They want to get the ball to him. Do we see that with... Hayden Young, he's the one you want to get the ball to, but to me it doesn't seem like they're going out of their way to make a running pattern for him to get that football. One thing that's annoying me, and I want to ask you whether it's about the player or what they're doing as a team and the philosophy, Luke Ryan takes the kick in. I saw behind the goals footage once on Friday night where he had Brandon Walker 30 metres in front of him without a Bulldogs player within 20 metres of him. Luke Ryan kicked it sideways to the pocket, and from there they can go nowhere. Is that on Luke Ryan? Should take that kick, hit Brandon Walker, Brandon Walker takes off? Or is that a coach's instruction, Luke Ryan goes to the pocket, safe play, slow play, go nowhere? I think it talks to the philosophy that the Dockers have all over the ground, that they are reluctant to take those risks through the corridor to open up the field of play. Now, they do get the ball in the corridor. Yep. But it's the way it goes in there. It's controlled more often than not. So... You know, those opportunities from kick-ins to actually open up the field of play and break open and get a free player and and go with a bit of speed, that is about the philosophy that some other teams are using at the moment with a great deal of success. But with Luke Ryan, I don't put it on him because he's just playing that safer brand. And it has worked for them. So we can't be too critical because it's got them to a point where they won a final last year. Justin's been very consistent on this. And even when Justin went to Collingwood, when they were in a bit of trouble, they needed some help defensively. He was the one that introduced that defensive controlled play system. And it worked for them, got them to a, a, a grand final against the West Coast Eagles in 2018. But things have shifted. And with that, I think the coaching staff need to make some shift in their philosophy on how they approach their ball movement from the back half. Is Alex Pierce's form a concern now? He's conceded a lot of goals. The, the huff and puff with Roy Lobb wasn't what cost them the game, but it, it kind of spoke to where their minds were about how they needed to tackle this game when really Roy Lobb is a third string forward and Marcus Bontempelli is an absolute A-grade primo deluxe midfielder. He ran rampant. Roy just played higher up the ground, you know, hmm. played his role and uh, Fremantle got steamrolled. He's had a pretty poor start. The week before, he was pretty good against Ben King. Kept him to two goals, and we saw Ben King on the weekend kick five goals as well. So I thought he was back to his best, but he struggled again. The the captaincy, I think, 
adds to it as well because when you're in those positions as a teammate, you want your captain to be strong, to really have a good presence, to do something in that moment that's going to try and change the direction of that game. But he's not standing up. He's not doing it. And I think for him, he just needs to forget about his role as captain and just go back to Alex Pierce, the defender. I've got to beat this bloke and go from there. And anything you can do over and above that to communicate, that's fantastic. But you can't have a lot of these forwards kicking goals. And that's what we're seeing a bit and making those mistakes. The other part of Alex Pierce is they actually don't want him to be involved with the ball movement. And that becomes an issue when you've got one player that the opposition know that the team doesn't want the ball to go to him yep. and they can adjust their zone. It's like basketball. If you've got one or two players that can't shoot, and this goes back to the Ben Simmons position um, in the NBA, then it just makes it so much easier for the other team to defend because they can shift and move into positions that they think is going to help them and put them in the best position to get the ball back. So he needs to weigh in offensively. Is there another player ready to come back in? Like at the age of Joel Hamling where he's at, I'm not sure going back to him is the right position. Do you send a message to your captain at some point? I'm not saying right now, mm. but I don't think it's going to be the right move. I think they just need to get him back in form and, as I said before, focus on what you can control and win your position. Message from uh, Mike from Palmyra coming through in the temper at Bedshed. Text line, uh, hi, Hayes. Is the absence of Josh Carr being missed from the midfield? Thought about it throughout the week. Joel Corey's taken over that role. Um, you'd have to say it is because the midfield has been as bad as the ball movement, really, in regards to contested possession. And they're losing contested possession on the back of having a Ruckman that's in really good form. Sean Darcy and Caleb Sarong, those two They're the two amazing. that have improved, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. And if you look at the stats, they show that I think in the competition, they're number one at actually getting first hands on the ball from those clearances. But whatever is happening outside of that is an issue, whether it's their wingman, are they complementary to what they've got? I think they've been hurt a little bit by Andrew Brayshaw's form. Like, he hasn't been bad, but he's not where he was last year. And then Jay Gromir and Will Brody certainly not having the seasons that they had last season. Uh, hi, Duffin Hayes. How hard is it for a coach to say, okay, it's not working, let's change things up? Oh, I don't think it's that hard. Like, it, it, there's a bit of ego with that, but... When you've got the evidence of six weeks and you've got the evidence of watching other games and watching some of the, the better teams play a certain way, then I think everybody in that coaching group should be having those discussions about saying, well, we do need to change. And somebody should be challenging Justin Longmuir on this. And I know it does um, stay with the coach and he has the final say, but you know they're not watching the other teams. And I say exactly the same thing about Carlton right now and Michael Voss. I watch those two teams, Fremantle and Carlton, and it's like they're the only two that have just persisted with what's worked with them for worked for them in the past. And that's probably a big stretch for Carlton because they haven't played finals for a long time. So it has probably hasn't worked. But the difference is Carlton have two of the best forwards in the comp. Fremantle would love to have Kerno and Mackay. But it's just a philosophy change that needs to take place. And can you do that in a week? Maybe not. Can you do it in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks? I think you can over a period of time. Sam Sturt, glass half empty or glass half full for you? I'm reluctant, really, to comment too much on the forwards. Yep. Because of the lack of... What's happening on the yeah, way in. absolutely. Yep. It's just so much density in terms of the players that are getting back in that area because of the lack of ball movement and losing field position a fair portion of the game as well. Like, you go back to just that small snapshot that we had against the Gold Coast Suns. 
late in the game. How much space was there for Jai Amos? He was leading up, and the kicker was lowering his eyes, and he had 10 metres on his opponent because the defender couldn't defend that sort of ball movement. Yeah. And then you look at his game on the weekend where he just, every time he went near the ball, there was another Bulldogs player right in front of him. But yeah, they used Alex Keith's body to basically mm. buffet him out of the way. He got one free kick. Um, probably went to ground a bit easily, actually, but he got the free kick. And I thought it was the wrong call to sub him out. I thought yeah. at that point you needed another tall to come in. So yeah. Corbett had to come in, play the three, have a look at that scenario, and that would have helped one of the other tallers. It might not have been Amos that got the chocolates, but it might have been Jackson and it might have been Corbett. Didn't mind Corbett. I didn't mind some of his leading patterns, particularly leading up at the ball, good energy. Looked a little bit like Matt Tabernar, but just not the same size. So I would persist with him. Um, Warner and Erasmus playing well in the waffle. Is it time for them to get a chance, given what you've talked about, about the wingmen and the battles in and around the midfield? Yeah, I think it is. Carl Warner, I think you could make that call with Ethan Hughes, who did some good things, and this is the frustrating thing. He hasn't been the worst, but is he doing enough? Are you getting enough from your winger? When you talk about being beaten in you know, ground ball gets and loose ball gets, a lot of that falls down to the inside midfielders, but also those ones on the outside. James Aish is not where he was at the start of the year. He's one I reckon that uh, needs some improvement. I wouldn't drop him, but Ethan Hughes would be unlucky. But is Ethan Hughes the future, or do you need to find something a bit better? And probably Nathan O'Driscoll, when he's in form, is that guy. But Carl Warner's been in good form. I would give him a go. The Erasmus one is interesting. How do you get him in? And do you have to make a big call on Jager O'Meara to get him in? Is he the player that has to go out? Or do you put Jager O'Meara on the wing? Or do you put Erasmus on the wing? But then you're setting him up to fail a little bit because you're not playing him in the position that he needs to play, and that's on the inside. How, how would you get Neil Erasmus in? I just think Erasmus needs to play. Bring him in as a sub mm. and give yourself some flexibility. And so even if he has to go in and play on the wing, he's coming on as a fresh man against tighter bodies. I, I, I want to see them play. And I think you can only go so far with the – I'm going to say mediocre. None of these guys are mediocre. They're all better than I was. So when, I, when I'm assessing them, I'm assessing against mm. AF, other AFL players. But the mediocre role players, I think Fremantle's become a bit infatuated with them. And I think it's time to get top-end talent in there and start to nurture it and develop yep. it. So to me, I, I, I persist with Sturt. Because, you know, just those couple of times when the ball went in quick, he was on the lead, he was in the right spot, he kicked the goal. Um, I think I think Erasmus comes in, and I, I'd be having a look at Warner as well. I mean, let's face it, they're two and four mm. facing Brisbane. Now, maybe this is not the week to do it, because it might be a pretty tough week up there. But I think if they don't get a significant response from the group this week, then I think they need to look at it. Now, last week we talked about where five fits in. I think we need to talk about where they need him most. Now, like, what do you think? Is it if if Fife can get this foot right? Yeah. So Longview has been a coach that's very much been about he's got six forwards or seven forwards, one on the bench. He's got your midfielders and you've got your defenders. So no player really goes out of their area. We've seen a little bit of it with Jager O'Meara. I think Fremantle need to create a position where they've got a midfielder in the forward line and that midfielder rotates through. And you go back to last night's game, Jack Viney, he goes through the midfield, but then he moved to half forward. Petrarca moved to half forward. They continue to rotate it up. 
so those players can have impact in a different way and it allows an extra midfielder to come through. So maybe it's a Erasmus can come into the team and he can make part of that rotation that just it gives a bit of a break to the guys in the middle but throws something different at uh, the opposition. I would have been very, very surprised if Fife played on the weekend against the Bulldogs and Longmuir spoken about him playing solely as a forward if he wasn't shifted into the midfield at some stage to try and help with the contested possession mauling that they were copping, particularly late in that game. Do you think he would have put him in the midfield or do you think Justin would have held firm on his belief that no Fife is just a forward? Well, he would have been cutting his nose off to spite his face Mm. if he does that. You know, no, no, I'm right. Everyone's wrong, contrary to what the evidence we're seeing. They are naught from six in contested possession this year. So that's against weak, Opposition, strong opposition, in-form opposition, mediocre form opposition. And, and the losses of which they've had some close ones, but they've had some big losses in terms of contested possession. No? Well, they've had close losses in contested possession in games they've won, mm. and they've been smacked in games that they've lost. So, um, Dirk says, I just think J-Lo's too stubborn to change his ways, but love the honesty from Hayes. Bit of a pump up for you there, mate. Yeah, like, and all coaches are stubborn. All coaches are stubborn. I've been there. You've got your own philosophy. You believe in it. And that is a trade that makes them great because when you're under the pump, everybody's telling you to change. And if you hold firm, often sometimes they do get through it. But I think here we're seeing a bit of a changing of the guard with the way the game is being played, particularly the start. And it might go back. I actually reckon there will be times towards the back end of the year, that maybe teams go back to controlled footy a bit more after the chaos just to try and throw something different at their opponents. And it might not be the same trend that's there next year or the year after. But right now, particularly when you don't have a gun forward line, I think the best method is to try and take a few more risks from the back half, become vulnerable in the back half, but that's going to help you and help your forwards get more opportunities closer to goal. Paul Hazelby. We've made a recording of that. If they go badly this weekend, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you to stay at home. Well, we'll what just a run great recording. opportunity against Brisbane. Nobody in the football world actually gives you a chance. Yep. So you can throw some different things, catch them off guard with the style of play that you can adopt. And I'm, I'm watching closely to see what the coaching staff and the Fremantle Dockers do this weekend, Duff. All right. Paul Hazelby, what do you think of what Hayes has had to say? You can let us know on the Temper at Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736, or give us a call on the open line, 13 12 55. We'll take a break and be back with more of the show after the break.